I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast and I steal it back. Okay, so today we are discussing the fourth episode of the second season of The Fairy Godparents Job. What did you think, Binky? I detest that you just called me that. Um, That is the most horrifying thing you have ever said to me in my entire life. Um, Okay. Look, I heard the line in the episode and I could not (laughs) fucking resist. Try harder next time. No, okay. This episode, mm-hmm. I said last episode, like, if this had been the pilot, I would have been on board 100%. Yeah. Same with this episode. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. I don't I don't know what's going on. I'm, I, I don't know if something has just switched in my brain and I'm, mm-hmm. like, just like leverage a lot now or what. But, like, I adored this episode. And also, I would die for Widmark. I would yeah. take a bullet for that kid, no fucking questions asked. Here's my special little bean. I love him does he come back? Do we no. ever see? No, dude. I Winmark, was ready. It goes in the same category as like Adam and Maria from the wedding job. Oh, like small bean, too precious for this world. Never I... gonna see you again. But like, I love you. His fucking red mold T-shirt that he clearly mm. handmade. I the fact that his presentation was on bread mold at all. <laughs> Uh, this kid, I would literally die in a heartbeat for this child. He is too much. <laughs> you want to know what's hilarious, though? This episode was released in, like, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. He's 10 in this episode, which means that he's literally, like, our age. Like, he's, like, a year younger than us. Oh, my God, stop. That's bizarre. Like, yeah. For some reason, that's just, like, completely thrown my entire perception on, like, time. <laughs> like I feel like I'm having a moment because they they here's the thing it it did something specifically for you this episode I think they give him an actual age mm, yeah literally like in the bio which, and he's allergic to strawberries and it's ironic because he's sweet <laughs> and Parker doesn't get how that's not really all that ironic. <laughs> I also love Parker in this episode. I also love Elliot. In this, I honestly I love everything in this episode. I even kind of like Nate again. I am baffled. I am absolutely bewildered. I am beside myself. I'm like, damn, am I really going to like Nate two episodes in a row? And then the answer was, yeah. And I was like, oh. Although I will say, it's really funny because like I'm always conscious of his hats now. And I like completely did not notice the fact that he was wearing a wig all the way up until Sophie was like, that looks like a dead cat on your head. I was like, he's wearing a wig. Like, I just forgot what his fucking hair looks like. Because yeah. it's covered by a hat so often. Yeah. And, like, I do want to say, his character that he plays, literally just, like, that old guy from Up with a German accent. Yeah. And I kind of, like, literally I was looking at him and I was like, why do you look familiar? Why do I know you? And I was, like, staring at his bow tie. Like, why do I know? <laughs> And then it just came to me. I was like, oh, the old guy from Up. That's what it is. That's what it is. Nate's character in this episode is certainly something. Mm. As in not Nate himself, but the character he's playing. Yeah. Which, uh, whose name I don't even know. The Melcher Method. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know his first name, but um, yeah, Melcher. And um, and I got through this one, okay, he wears a wig. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he doesn't wear a hat at all. And he does. a stupid hat at the end. He wears like a beret. Yeah. In the fucking... <laughs> Yeah. In, like, the final thing where they're at the school and they're doing the science-a-cool. Which, which, iconic. I fucking love that I concept. I want every single fucking song they wrote for this shit. I want I it on Spotify. Hear it all. I 
I adored the bread mold song, the cloud song, the photosynthesis song. Where are these kids' Grammys? I want an album. This shit slapped. Like, I, right now, I'm, like, listening. Bo Burnham's just released the deluxe version of Inside, and I'm, like, absolutely vibing with it. And same energy. Like... These kids, they're they're singing about science, but they're making it goddamn fun. And, like, I like science. This is, like, the best of both worlds for me. Mm-hmm. I'm having an absolute vibe. I mean, according to Sophie, you're taking left brain science, <laughs> right brain creativity, and I, bringing them together. Literally, I think it's an iconic idea. I think that we should just make that mainstream. I think science-icles are the future. I think... They should be added permanently to every school curriculum. That's a vibe. Quickly, before we get too far away from Nate and his hats, okay. yeah. I am now curious if the choice of weird hats, because the beret is not actually like a weird looking hat. No. It's just an, it's just a choice hat. For like, the character. For the character. Yeah. But it's not, like, my problem before has been, like, his hat is not, not only, he has a hat, but it's also always a bad choice in hat. Yeah. So it's making me wonder, is, like, the poor hat choice induced by like an alcohol stupor. Like, is that is that the lines that maybe, we're supposed to be Maybe he thinks the hat makes him look less drunk or something. Like, like yeah, like maybe it's like an extra layer of a distraction. Like, you know how there's that whole thing where you wear the like fancy ties, so people don't look at your face. Like, maybe he's doing that. But like, it's I don't know, I don't know. But I I do much prefer his character. These two episodes, I didn't actually hate him at all once. Which is two episodes in a row? Bro, what is happening? Is this the good timeline? Did we finally fix it? I don't know, man. As much as season one, Nate, is like an absolute dumpster fire of a person, uh-huh. season two, Nate onwards, starts to, like, he chills out a lot. Okay. He's still, like, he's, he's still clearly all about the fucking drama. Mm-hmm. Like, he kneecapped the dude with his K. Yeah, hilarious, by the way. <laughs> and, like, handing the bag, like, I don't know, I found these. I thought I his thought name was this. Yeah. Iconic. Yes. But yeah, no, like, he he definitely, like, he, to be fair, like, once he gets his revenge and he, like, chills out and he sobers up and yeah. he's no longer, like, like, he's still, like, a giant bull of rage, but he's, like, a slightly smaller giant bull of rage. Yeah. You know, like. He's, like, a dwarf star now. Yeah. Yeah, instead of, like, a supernova. Exactly. Okay. Like, <laughs> he does become much more bearable as a character, and I also think. The later seasons, he becomes more interesting as a character, which means oh. it's easier f- to forgive the some of discrepancies the discrepancies of the past, trash fire things he does, because at least he's interesting. Right. Like you don't necessarily like him, but he's less annoying to watch because he's more interesting. Like when you've got like a good villain. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I can get around that. I can get around that. I love me a good villain. I can see how I could apply that to Nate. Yeah. Speaking of Nate. Mm-hmm. He asks at the start of this episode, where's Sophie? Yep. And that's a great question, Nate. I was also wondering, why is Parker here? <laughs> because... <laughs> and, like, they come back in and, like, Nate's like, oh, I went fucking shit, mate. And Elliot's like, I told Dude. you not to take fucking Parker. It's so funny to me. I also love that Elliot is, like, fully just making himself at home, like, reading the paper, got like, a mug of yeah. like, coffee or tea or whatever. Love that. It's I, the offices now. They've like they fully just like invaded his space. I much prefer I actually like I really liked Leverage HQ as a mm-hmm. concept. I actually much prefer them just being in Nate's apartment. Yeah. I think it's a much more like the the offices, because they were offices, had like a very corporate vibe mm-hmm. and it just wasn't the 
energy that I think the characters felt comfortable in. Whereas like now that they're just in Nate's space, like watching Parker just sit on the edge of the of Elliot's seat eating Wait. a bowl of cereal. By the way, her outfit in that moment, fucking phenomenal. I love it. She looked amazing and mm-hmm. I would wear that outfit in a fucking heartbeat. Not what I was going to say. What I wanted to point out is she, okay, right? So in the living room yeah. around the thing, there's two side chairs yeah. and a couch that sits like three people. Yeah. Nate's on one chair. Yeah. Elliot's on the other. Yeah. There's an entire couch in the middle. Parker's bisexual coded. Parker sits on the <laughs> fucking side of the side chair that... Can't sit in chairs properly. Bisexual coded. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Absolutely calling it now. <laughs> That's my brand. Well, <laughs> I originated that Not today. Episode five of season one of the Supernatural podcast. <laughs> Can't sit on benches properly. Queer. <laughs> Can't drive. Queer. Yes. Also, bringing it back to where Sophie, yeah. well, Sophie, or Catherine, rather, yep. is busy being dumped. Or Alice, or Nicole, mm, or Natasha, Michelle. or Michelle, or... Yeah. And, like, the guy that she's clearly been seeing seems like a genuinely good yeah. guy. And, like, his reason for breaking up with her is quite genuine. He's like, I just feel like we can't, like, we talk a lot, but you never I... actually divulge anything. I don't actually know you. And I was like... Damn, bro, you're self-aware. And, like, that's fine if, like, you've been dating for, like, three months. But at this point, it's heavily implied they've been dating for, like, a while. Yeah. Like, they're not... Because it happened while, like, after the two-David job and, like, while the whole time Nate was sobering up and stuff. Like, which has been a while now. Yeah. Yeah. I think they say, like, six months between the end of season one and the start of season two. Yeah. And then we assume by episode four, we've had, like, at least a month pass. Yeah. So, like, this isn't, like, they, they haven't just been dating for, like, a couple of weeks at this point. Like, it's probably been months. Mm. Yeah. And for him to still feel like I don't really know you. And the part where he, like, gets up and leaves and she just says Sophie under her breath, I was like, oh, babe. Although it does make me fucking wonder if her name is actually Sophie. It reminds me of that thing in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where, like, Rosa's name is not actually Rosa. It's, like, yeah. Emily Goldfinch or whatever. But then you're like, is that your name? Like, which name is the correct name? Is that, like, any of those names your name? Anyway. It kind of gives me that same vibe where it's like she goes by Sophie and we know her as Sophie, but like maybe that's not her name. And like, I kind of love that as an idea because... And like this episode actually supports it. Yeah. Because at the very end she says like, if I start telling the truth all day, I stop being Sophie Sophie. Deborah. Yeah. So I'm like, I find it interesting that like maybe Sophie is just yet another character that she's playing. And it just happens that like... This is the character that Nate knows and that's why that's the one that she plays yeah, with the team. Yeah, exactly. And like then like he introduced her as Sophie and so she can't very well suddenly be like, oh, actually, especially considering like the whole point is like they have to learn to trust each other. Mm-hmm. And she's too smart to think like, oh, I can – like especially after the fucking two-day yeah. bonanza, like – she knows better than to give them any reason to not trust her. So for them to find out, like, this woman that they've known as Sophie, like, Devereux for so long now is yeah. not actually who she says she is. Like, even yeah. to the point of her name, I think that would be too much. But it's also this int- – like, let's just dive straight into co- Sophie character analysis for this yes, episode. Yes, let's do it. Because let's face it, this is a Sophie episode oh, through and yep, fucking yep, yep, yep. through. Her and Widmark's little heart-to-heart in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And – this look, Sophie was already a fascinating character just from the first season, but like this episode just adds like this whole other layer. Yeah. And I look, I personally really love this episode for a lot of things, and one of them is just like the complexity of Sophie and like 
Maybe we should start with the fact that she, like, she she doesn't know who she is. Like, she basically admits to that yeah. in the bathroom, the heart tart. She's been pretending heart. for so long, she doesn't know what's real anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, fascinating. I'm yeah. interested to hear what your thoughts are on that before I completely barrel into my own. I, like, really heavily related to that. Because I definitely, I'm like, oh, I, especially, not so much anymore. Not now that I'm older, mm. but especially when I was in school, I, was, I have 100% had different personalities for different people. And it... Like, whoever I was talking to, like, I had a different version of Bethany. Like, there's a version of Bethany who, like, was more reserved. A version of Bethany who was loud. A version of Bethany who was funny. A version of Bethany who was, like, smarter. Like, and, or, like, had different interests and diff- spoke differently. And, like, for different people, I 100% had curated the perfect Bethany for them. Now I'm just kind of like, take what you fucking get. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's exhausting. And But I definitely had a moment where I was like, I literally don't actually know what my personality is. Because I've spent so long curating my personality for the sake of others. And, like, I, I really reached a point where I was, like, having a little identity crisis because I was, like, I actually don't know who I am or how I speak or, or what I like because I have based so much of that on what the people around me want. Mm. So what's really fascinating about particularly the discussion that Sophie has with Whitmark is that she's talking about how, like, she's been pretending so long she doesn't know who she is and, like, how that's not a way to be and how people will like you if you just, like, show you who you are, which is, like, not like tired, but like it's definitely something that's like it, this is a present. This is a conversation that comes yeah. up a lot in a lot of different media's in a lot of different ways. Whether it's books, movies, TV, blah blah blah, songs, even like present yourself the way that you truly are, and then the right people will flock to you because you'll attract the kind of people who you get along with by just being yourself. And you know, performing is exhausting. Yes, you know, it's absolute, and I'm sure. That's make the like. Oh, there's maybe, a whole bunch of like social psychology theories about like how you create a different sort of version of yourself for each social situation. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think this is something that probably everyone can relate to on some level, which is this idea of like when you are in certain situations, you have different personas. Like, mm. uh, there's like you know the common joke about like oh my like retail persona or like yeah. my work persona essentially and. Who you are at work is an entirely different person to who you are at home or out with friends or at a family gathering or, and like, these can be changes that are really subtle or they can be changes that are really quite dramatic depending on the circumstance. And then you dial it up to 200 and you've got what Sophie's doing. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like taking that concept and just like absolutely, yeah, like magnifying it, you know, to this extreme where it's not only she's performing in every, like, in different situations generally. It's like she's constantly performing even for herself. And it's not just that. It's like she's not just performing, like, a slightly different personality. No. Like, it's not like she's the same person just with a slight... It's like for every single character, she has a different name, a different backstory, different interests, different likes, different history. Like, Mm -hmm. she has to completely change everything about her not just like i'm like more outspoken or more reserved like Mm -hmm. every single facet of her personality and like history and she changes for every single character yeah it's sort of like a chameleon it's like what does a chameleon look like when it's not blending in you know Mm. and for her she's like it's been so long since she's been it's been so long since she's let her guard down i think is a Mm. lot of it because part of why she does this is a defense mechanism. Like it's important for her safety in a lot of ways that people don't know who she is. That's part of like why she's so good at what she does is because that's her special skill is convincing other people. She's not who she is essentially. I I don't know if that's the worst possible way I could word it that. Yeah. So I know you're saying that 
Sophie's special skill is convincing people to believe in her and who she says she is. Yes. To believe in the persona of her versus her as an actual person. Yeah. And it's, like, one of those things with acting and, like, anyone who's done any, like, even the most bare-bones acting in their lives, like, we both did high school drama, (laughs) theatre kids, can you tell? (laughs) But, you know, you do that thing where you draw on your actual emotions so that they come across... Like, when you're performing, it's you're actually feeling that emotion. That's what makes it believable. Mm. So, like, you know, if you are – if you need to cry, you just make yourself sad. Like, you actually feel that emotion. You don't just cry for funsies. Like, I mean, I'm, maybe some people can. Maybe this is just me. But, like, if I was acting in a scene – then those emotions that I'm portraying, I'm actually feeling them because that's how you, like, trick yourself into giving a realistic performance. You, like, convince the monkey part of your brain that you're actually in that experience and then, the um, you know, the you part of your brain just remembers the lines, mm. you know? Maybe that's just me. But, like, I was, like, if I was supposed to be in love with someone, I would think about, like, you know... But that's basically just method acting. Like, it's drawing on your own experiences to embody your character yeah exactly which is great some people said it's not the most emotionally healthy oh yeah clearly uh, not. but to be to be very clear and transparent this is just i was 14 and i didn't know how to act so i was like well i need to look sad so i guess i'll think about my dog dying like <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah no and so doing that constantly mm. like it's absolutely exhausting because like you say not good for your mental health like yeah. At all. And also you have, like, the same scene. Like, she she talks about how she never used to have any friends. Mm. And, like, just that sort of bone-deep loneliness of, like, being constantly surrounded by people. Yeah. But having no, no one connection. in the world who actually sees you. And, like, you asked me a lot in season one what Sophie sees in Nate. Yeah. And Nate sees her. Mm. That's what Sophie sees in Nate. The fact that Nate can see who she is underneath the all of it. Dusty L-coded. <laughs> ben, Sorry. Need I remind you of your uh, your new commitment to not bring up Supernatural on the Leverage podcast? I'm sorry, I had to. Okay, no, I but I, I see that. Although, but this is this comes back to my thing. Like, does he actually know her, or does he just know Sophie that she's playing? Because, like, at this point. We don't necessarily have, like, the only the only reason that we have to believe that her name is Sophie is because that's how she's introduced to us. But that's because that's how she's introduced herself to Nate. And when she was meeting Nate, she was literally running a con. Like, that's how they met. So, like, to me, I'm kind of, like, in this position of, I don't know if I believe that Sophie is actually her name at all. I don't even know if the personality that we're getting... Like, I, I believe it is more real than any other personality. It's more that we real see than, like, Catherine play. that we see in this episode. Exactly. But I don't think that it's actually 100% real. And, like, I also don't think that they would change her name halfway through the show. Like, I think what it would be would be, like, if this is the case, we would get, a, like, a name Rick reveal, but then she would continue to go by Sophie because that's how everyone knows her. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I do think that that would be really interesting. And I also... Like, I love Sophie, but I really don't know how much I trust her. Mm. Particularly after the two David job, and yeah. now, like, thinking about this a bit more, I'm kind of like. How I, much I do we actually know about her? Yeah, and I don't get me wrong, I don't think she's like a villain by any means, and I don't think she's necessarily like a bad person or there's like a deep, dark secret there or anything. I just think that she is not who she says she is. 
you know? And I don't think that's even necessarily through fault of her own. Yeah. Because I think, like, she would have met Nate under a guise. Yeah. And then I think that he just never bothered to check that that was actually who the fuck she said she was. Yeah, and I also, I do want to bring it back to the two daters job just very briefly. Mm. Because when Sterling greets her, Mm. he greets her as Dominique, I'm pretty sure, is the name she was going through when she met Sterling. So I was like... It's certainly not outside of the world realm of possibility that Sophie's not her real name. Yeah. Anyway, we should move off this point. Um, did you have anything else you want to say about Sophie? I find it incredibly heartbreaking and, like, also very heartwarming that, like, she, she considers the team her friends. And I think you talked a little bit earlier about the shift from the officers to Nate's home. Yeah. And I think it actually really reflects the shift in how they see each other as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like when they're in the offices, they're like, they're co-workers. Yeah. Now, and now they're friends. Yeah. And I also think it's very like... They're going from a professional setting to a domestic setting. Yes. And like, I think that's part of like, like I said, I really like Parker just like sitting there eating cereal and stuff. And Sophie mm-hmm. goes in and she just raised the pantry. And I like that. Yeah. She's eating the popcorn. I also think that in terms of, like, set design, which we don't often talk about that much. No. I think we really should talk about it more. We mention it occasionally in the other pod. Yeah. <laughs> the set design in the offices is yeah. very, like, harsh lines, pretty clinical, quite dark. Very like, corporate. Of, it's, like, very very <sighs> modern corporate, especially, like, glass tables and, like, the high-backed, black swivel chairs. This... Hardison created his dream offices, and the key word there is offices. Yeah. And now we're looking at Nate's apartment, and it's open plan and it's the it's everything is very warm there's lots of like wood tones that like there's comfortable seating there's communal spaces like it's such a different environment and i think that it just has really allowed like like you said like it shows that shift and it just allows this like flourishing of a much more casual genuine like relationship like interpersonal relationship that goes beyond just like hey, we're running this job together. Yeah. Because, yeah, absolutely. You can sit down and have a business meeting at a table with swivel chairs and, like, someone brings in a box of shared, like, snacks mm-hmm. or whatever and you're like, ooh, thanks. You know, and then you go home at the end of the day and you actually relax and chill and you actually, like, express how you're feeling. This is kind of, like, the difference for me. Like, they've, they've gone from that space where it's, like, sort of by nature there are, like, certain – expectations like societal ones mm. that it's like this is how you behave in a business setting mm. and then now they've gone into this other zone where it's like no no this is how you behave like at home i find it also really fascinating if you go back and watch rewatch like the first season mm-hmm. the one place that they really sort of act very domestic is the kitchen in the offices like yeah. that is the one sort of like the heart of the house the heart like so I think it's really interesting that like yeah they they've shipped they blew up the other offices mm-hmm. they had that one episode in the fucking mansion yeah and now they're like they're in Nate's apartment like it's yeah. it's tiny it's small but it's all open plan and because it's all open plan it's like you're kind of constantly in like the kitchen basically like yeah yeah it's all it's all connected you're always within a stone's throw of the kitchen so it's sort of like they took the feeling they had in the few scenes they had in the kitchen in the offices and they just expanded and they just expanded it to the entire season yeah um and it's it's like look they they do change offices again at some point i'm kind of saddened by that but rest assured we do have this for at least a little bit longer okay cool i won't tell you how long but (laughs) it is um it's definitely the sort of thing where it's like yeah it's very different to have it in to look at the different feeling that just the set design of this gives. 
Um, and I don't want to say too much more because there are spoilers oh, okay. sort of Associated. around and adjacent and attached. All right. Well, then I won't poke it. To all of that sort of stuff. But it is very fascinating because when they change setting again, it's to a different setting again. Oh, okay. It's not like they're not going from like house to house and they're not going from like house oh, to office. Like interesting. It's a different setting. So it's another dynamic shift. Again. So it's another dynamic shift. Interesting. And I think it comes at a really interesting time. So Cool. Well, we will definitely touch on that. Before we get too far away from it, I did have one last point for Sophie. So I was like thinking about like Sophie basically yeah. being forced to open up like as an actual like real person when mm-hmm. she's like talking to um with Mark. Yeah. And oh, unusual, he's... she's never had to do that before. When he's sitting in the toilet just like crying, I was like, Oh, with Mark like I have been there, kid. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to give him a hug. But it like this particular con. Like, the way that she's trying to help with Mark, like, come out of his shell and, like, you know, be himself. It's it, You can see that it's clearly so personal for her because of what she's sort of... She's kind of going through an identity crisis in and yeah. of herself, basically. And, like, she... A hundred percent. Identity crisis is the right way to term this, whatever's happening here. Yeah. All and, spurred on by her boyfriend being like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. It's like, she wants to be seen, which is what you said about her and Nate. But also, it's kind of like she's trapped in this self-made isolation. Like, she's yeah. created it. She's... She her, created this personality, this persona. She created this mask. mask. She's kind of created a ever-present fourth wall between her and everyone around her. And, yeah, it's just that she's sort of like, like a mime in a box, you know? Yeah. Like, she's literally trapped inside her own glass prison. And she desperately wants to be seen. And she, like, can be-ish... Like, you can see her through the glass. But, but, like, it's a little foggy. She's been breathing. Like, you well, can't see everything. But well. ultimately, she's trapped. Yeah. And they can't hear her, like, the point of the mime box, you know? Like, it's just... And she's created it, yeah. as the mime does. There's not actually a box there. Yeah. But in her mind, like, she can see it. No one else can. Yeah. But she can, you know? And, like, until she kind of opens that door up, and lets them sort of into her full, like, world, she's sort of going to be stuck there. And that ties directly into the quote that I did really quickly just want to make sure we mention and actually address, which is, I'm not very good at being honest, not even with my friends. Yeah. Which just... Which ties into my whole, like, I genuinely, like, I'm reaching a point where I don't think she is who she says she is. Like, I think she must... I think Sophie must be an Elias, that she's like, I'm yeah. in too deep now. And I'm actually, I'm surprised that, I think if that's true, yeah, I think Hardison knows. Because there is no way my boy yeah. did not do the most background research possible. Yeah. And we know that he can find basically anything. I think that if Sophie Devereaux is not her name, I think Hardison knows what is her name. I mean, we already, like, at this point, we've already established, like, he's definitely run background checks on the rest of the team. Yeah. Because um, it's established in the stalk job when he's talking yeah. to uh, Parker. And he knows yeah. all of her shit in the... Yeah, exactly. But I also think that Hardison is the kind of person who would not, like, I think that he is conscious enough to not make her uncomfortable. Yeah. By being like, hey, I know this thing about you that you clearly don't want and us to And to also know. understand that if Sophie's not her real name... There's probably a reason for there's that. There's probably a reason for that. Like, she's not... 
comfortable using her real name for one reason or another. Yeah, so I feel like of the team, I think Nate would be the most surprised, purely because I think that it would just never occur to him that yeah, her, the way she'd introduce herself would ever have been a con. Like, I don't know, I just feel like he would be surprised. I think Elliot would be... Not as surprised. I think he'd just be kind of disappointed. Yeah. You know, I think Parker would not give a single shit. Like, I think she would care depending on, like, the context. Like, if we find out that Sophie's not her real name, but, like, everything else is the same, I feel like Parker would be like, okay, all right, I'll call you Jane or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if it's, like, a more in-depth, I feel like she actually might feel almost the most betrayed. Yeah. Because she and Sophie have, like, quite a, not, like, mother-daughter relationship, but much more of a, like, Mentor, mentor sort of Sophie and her have such a a warm, like, Mm. connection. I feel like she may feel really quite betrayed. Uh, And then Hardison, who I think, if this is the case, I think he already knows. Yeah. And so he wouldn't be surprised at all. I wonder if the rest of the team would then be pissed at Hardison, though. I, I mean, I, I guess that, it, like, it's not his mm. right to tell. So, like, yeah, so I guess they they have a right to be mad, but I don't think they could really hold it against him. But, yeah. I, anyway, this is kind of besides the point. I'm just going down, like, a rabbit hole now, but... <laughs> no, that's okay. It's it's fascinating to me that this is where your mind's going with this conversation and that you're immediately like, oh, but the name. I just like, think that it... I just think that it's a really, like, mm. obvious thing that they could use as like a narrative device later on to like mm. if they wanted to cause tension or if they wanted to have like a <gasps> moment kind of thing surprise the audience like I think that it's enough of a I think that it's obvious enough in the sense of like like I have you could yeah. come up with it as like a theory you could put those pieces together yeah. and if they revealed it later it would 100% make sense but it's also not the kind of thing where like her name could just be Sophie, and I could yeah. just be absolutely reading 100% too much into this. I'm really curious, though. Would you would you like them to do something with her name and reveal that, like, it is either Sophie or not Sophie or, like... I don't think I would be honestly fussed either way. I, like, I like Sophie as yeah. a character, regardless of whether or not this is the case, but I do think it would make sense. Yeah. Like, if this was a reveal, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I feel like they've given us enough where it's not a huge leap. Yeah. You know? Uh... Yeah, and I, I do think that if they did a reveal, unlike Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it would not be for comedic effect. Oh, yeah. I think that it would be for, like, a like a dramatic reveal, like, betrayal kind of thing. Yeah. Like, maybe they come across someone from Sophie's past and they, like, go by her name. Or maybe it's, like, a they are going up against someone and they're, like, somehow related to her or knew her when she was a kid or, like, yeah. like a family member maybe or a sibling even. That's a family member, what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. Like like an aunt, uncle, cousin, parent, parent child, yeah. sister. Child, yeah. You know. Various relations. Yeah, and I think that it would be like a case of, here's, okay, in my mind, if it happened, mm-hmm. in my mind, they're like running a con or something. Yep. And there's, it doesn't really matter where they are or what they're doing. Yeah. But essentially, they like come, like they see a like a group of people or like someone and Sophie has like an immediate like reaction and then Hardison is like what he looks over he also has a reaction right Mm, yeah and then Sophie's like I have to go and she's like bye (laughs) and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with her and then Hardison is like I'm gonna check on her and then I think he tells her 
that he knows. Yeah. And then I think he's like, I'll help you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, that's, I think, how it would go down. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like later on it would obviously come out to the rest of the team, but I don't really know how it would come out. I assume it would be some kind of, like, they've almost gotten away with it and then in the last five minutes, like – the, fam- oh, like the, the the family member would like see them and be like, oh, this person, and then Hardison would try to cover like, oh, like who kind of thing, and then she would probably just be like, like a, he's caught in the headlights, basically, yeah. like you can't do anything, you know, you're just kind of stuck there. Okay, that's not necessarily what I want. That's just how I think it would probably go down if they were to do that kind of reveal. I'm, I'm just trying to work out where <laughs> you're at. I feel like we've spent so much time talking about this. It's kind of a relevant point. <laughs> I'm just like trying to take like a page out of your like your your book, like because you always ask me like, "Well, would you like that? <laughs> like, this, if this is what you think they'd do, like, yeah, is, would that be a good or bad thing? Would you get mad? Would you get nitpicky? Like, <laughs> I think I yeah, I I would be happy if they did it. I'd be happy if they didn't. I don't think it's essential, but I do think it makes a lot of sense. And if they don't do it in the show, I'm sure there's like a bajillion fanfics yeah. about it because it just makes sense. So for you, it's less about whether Sophie's her real name or not is less about whether it's what, less about whether or not it's canon, canon just, and more about how they handle it going forward. Honestly, it's my head canon that Sophie yeah. Devereaux is not her real name. Yeah. And that's, whether or not that ends up being like canon canon or yeah. if it just stays my choice head canon, I don't really care. Well, Alo has an opinion. Alo does really care. I kind of get it now, Lado. Like, because that was fascinating to me, watching you go on like a full rant about something yeah. that's like, it's related, but like tangentially. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's what you picked up out of this episode. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. Sophie and her, like, opinion of herself and, like, the way she sort of, like, covers herself in two million layers of different personalities and aliases and yeah, all of the other accoutrement <laughs> to, uh, to uh, sort of, uh, like, achieve what she wants to achieve, which is to convince people that she's legitimate. Yeah. And also, like, just how isolating that is as a person to never be just who you want to be to be always like a, it's almost like looking at a funhouse mirror yeah like you never quite like you see yourself but you always see yourself in a slightly distorted way yeah and after constantly putting the energy and effort into like, keeping up that appearance yeah and just like how lonely she would have been pre-leverage yeah because who, who can you trust like no one, exactly. Who can you trust? You like, can't make connections because if you make connections, then yeah. who knows when you might have to burn that bridge for an Elias, like, you know, or you're... Oh, I said Elias again. You said it earlier too. Oh. I just went with it. God, I can't fucking speak. Um, you can read, you can't, though. You, you can't... Are they really fucking losing it, Danny? It's because the dog went past and it was barking. Fine. I'm not gonna be able to, or you're not gonna be able to edit it out. So I guess we're just gonna keep talking through it. Yep. <laughs> they can have Arlo, just as a treat. Sprinkle of Arlo. Just as a note, yes, we do hear Arlo. There's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> he has lots of opinions today. Barky, barky boy. We love him, but he's a bit of a dingus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolute ding dong, my beloved. <laughs> no. So what I was uh, saying though is for Sophie, like, yeah, she's got all of these aliases, and like, she can't really afford to have genuine personal relationships because 
who knows when one day that personal relationship is going to get in the way of an alias. Like, you know, she's going to be talking to someone as a mark, as one alias, and then whoever it is that she knows from 10 years ago, you know, yeah. as actually who she is, is going to walk around. And, like, it's one thing if they know her by different fake names, but it's another thing entirely if they call her by her actual name, which could be terrible in terms of, like, incriminating yeah. her actual ID, you know? Fascinating. I do love Sophie, though. Mm. Sophie. Um... While we're also talking about characters that I really love in this episode, Elliot. With the kids? With the kids. Oh my god, yes. Literally, they're like, I love that he was immediately, I'm a gym teacher, what am I going to do? I'm going to teach these young girls self-defense. I was like, fuck, yes. I love that. And the part where he's like, right, come at me. (laughs) And they're all like, oh. And the best thing is, like, you know, like... Obviously, he's not going to hurt kids because he's Elliot and we love him. Yeah. But like, And he even makes the point again this episode about he's like, I don't want to use the kid as bait. I don't like it. And I was like, I am yeah. living for the consistency of child protection, Elliot. Like, yeah. mm, living for it. Though, to be fair, he does want to jump ship immediately. He's like, oh, well, Redmark's not very skilled physically. <laughs> Guess I'm on FBI detail with Parker and Hardison. Yeah. Other big significant thing in this episode... Parker and Hardison as FBI. Mm. And in their own fake marriage AU, which I fucking adored. I love that Hardison is, like, jealous of the fucking FBI dude, McSweetie or whatever his name is. So Mm -hmm. we finally got names. Mm -hmm. Taggart and McSweeten. Yeah. And then Hardison and Parker's aliases are Thomas and Hagen. Yeah. So we, we, we finally have names. I told you they were coming back. Yeah. And they they literally mentioned them. They literally mentioned the two cases. They're like, oh, we've been having a pretty good run of it. You know, yeah. like, Moscone no Mone. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we shut down a massive meth ring. During a bank, bank robbery. robbery. Yeah, like, which yeah. they rocked up for the last, like, fucking 30 seconds of, might I fucking add. Oh, God. And I love them so much. And, like, we finally got some more personality from them. You want to see other partners? <laughs> literally so fucking funny. No, I, I adore them. I, yeah. And the entire uh, break-in slash having the conversation. Dude, yes. Parker was literally doing amazing, like, thinking on her fucking feet and, like, coaching Hardison and the fucking part where she's saying, like, what if they get their lines crossed and fall on their face face. and it cuts to Hardison, like, fully just... (laughs) Slamming into the window. Hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. And then you have uh, Agent McSweeten who is uh, fully in love with Parker at this it's, point. It's like a little coffee kiss, which, not COVID safe, but no. so fucking funny and cute. And then we also have him going, do you believe in love at first sight? Because you know yeah, he believes in love at first sight. Like, yeah. Let's face it, he's in love with Parker at this point. Immediately. Can't say I blame him. Yeah, no, neither. But I love that she's like, I think you have 30 seconds because she's trying to talk to Hans. <laughs> It's so funny. And I also, like, I love that as soon as he, like, Hardison realises, he's like, if I leave this guy with Parker, she is not going to be able to get done what she needs to get done. Yeah. And, like, part of it is, part of it is obviously that. And part of it is, like, he just doesn't want her left alone with this guy because yeah. he doesn't like it. <laughs> Like, it's, it, part of it is the actual practicality of the yeah. case, but the other part is 100% that he just does not want them alone together for periods of time. And I think that's so fucking funny. But also, hacking, repelling, put me in a dress, I can do all the old stuff. Yeah. 
And I do love literally when he walked into the, when they're looking at the apartment and he walked in, in his like camouflage, camouflage, what am I talking about? It's definitely not camouflage. It's like bright. (laughs) He has the, like the plaid pants and like Parker's in, I think Parker's in pink and blue and he's in the orange and the plaid pants. And it's like pastel, but also more vibrant than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. They're so fucking colorful. And I adore it when he walks in i literally was like what did i what was my note and she does like the she looks in like the ventilation shaft she's like it's a little small and he's like the apartment what do you think of the apartment (laughs) i know and then he like turns the real estate agent he's like she really loves air (laughs) like it's just so funny but i fucking love when Hardison is playing a character. I just, like, Hardison playing a role, my beloved. That that was the line I was looking for. Like, I just, it's perfect. Like, obviously, like, Sophie's the one who's actually good at playing roles, but of all the others, I just adore when Hardison is, because he's just so fucking funny. Like, like the whole, like, what do you think, Binky? Oh, God. <laughs> Which I hated. But just, like, their actual characters are just yeah. so fucking fun i just i really love a fake marriage AU. i personally like in actual like fic i love that and so seeing them do it i was like oh i am here for this this is perfection even if it's only for like the five minutes when they're like doing the tour of the apartment doesn't matter that's five minutes that i'm glad to have spent my life engaging with yeah yes oh i do want to make a quick note all of the fucking teachers and shit from this fucking posh-ass private school or whatever are acting like literal children. I'm like, have y'all never heard of inside voices? Have y'all never heard of, like, taking turns when speaking? They're all just yelling. They're not teachers. They're the parents. Well, then what the fuck are they doing? They're the Concerned Parents Organization, like the PTA. Oh, I thought that one dude was the head of that, and then the rest of them were just, like, fucking staff. I was like, what are they doing? Okay, teachers. Sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't think they were staff. I thought they were all just parents. And that's why there is the line, which I wrote it down because I fucking love it, when he's talking about how they should just calm down because otherwise the children will be thrust into a, a cruel school. world of darkness and despair and even worse, public school. Yeah, which... Jesus. These grown-ass adults are behaving like fucking children. Like, have they never heard of inside voices? Have they not heard of, like, taking turns when speaking? Because, like, Jesus Christ, they're all just in there absolutely pestering this woman who is like, please calm down. Like, I can't explain. And, like, she fucking snaps. And she's like, shut up. And I'm like, yes, tell them that. Especially considering because the one person is actually on is not fucking there. Mm. The one person that's on is the headmaster who's gone to Botswana, which I want to know, like, obviously we know what the story is and how they, like, lure him to go to Botswana. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, look, like, come help us reshape the education system. What happens when he gets there? What happens when he gets there? Right? Because they have, what, a week at the school? Yeah. So how long is this man just in Botswana for no reason? I mean, I hope he had a nice holiday at least. He Me seems too. like he deserves it. Like, well, it also seems like maybe he just came back but then didn't go back to the school because I don't think they'd give him his job. Oh, okay. One small issue I did yeah. take with this episode, which I generally liked quite a lot overall. That's fine. Even the best episode. Like, every every piece of media has issues. Yeah. So the one issue that I did take with this episode was Elliot in one of the classes, the fencing class. Yeah. And... 
he like asks a kid what their name is and they say Skylar and he's like, is that a girl's name? And I was like, oh, that was unnecessary. I would, I would have preferred to go without that. Mm. But like that, that's like my one complaint. Yeah. I think it was just that that particular like quote, I'm like, we could have done without that quite easily. Yeah. This entire episode, I think it's very funny that he takes a lot of issues with like the rich kid names. Yeah. And he's like, Widmark is Widmark is Widmark weird. is a horrible name, and I if your name is Widmark or you know someone named Widmark or you've named so sorry. someone Widmark, you may be entitled to financial it, compensation. It literally sounds so much like Skidmark, and kids will know that. Yeah, you do not want to name your kid Widmark because then their name is going to become Skidmark, and you don't want that for your child. No. Oh, twelve-year-olds are cruel, dude. Oh, okay. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am not Miss Kim, the spelling bee fucking champion. Yep. Right? But I did have a crack at spelling pseudosyllogism. Yeah. Just without looking it up. Did you have a go at spelling pseudosyllogism or am I weird? You're weird. All right. Do you want to have a crack and then we'll see who's closer? Because I kind of want to know. Okay. Because I haven't looked it up. Do you want to... Are we doing it spelling bee format? Sure. I've never actually competed in spelling bee. We don't really have spelling bees, to be no. honest, in Australia. It's not really a thing. Not a thing at all. All right. Well, my autocorrect didn't change it, so it's either correct or so wrong that it's not even close. <laughs> do you know what? I had the same thought when I was writing it out, too. All right. Do you want to have your guess? Okay. So I'm going to assume it's pseudo, as in P-S-E-U-D-O. Yes, I have the same. And then syllogism, I assumed, was C I. L-I-G-I-S-M. Okay. I also had pseudo because pseudo. And then I had S-Y-L-O-G-I-S-M. Would you like to know the correct spelling? Yeah. Pseudo as in pseudo. Yep. S-Y-L-L-O-G-I-S-M. I'm so mad I only got that wrong by one letter because do you know what? As I was writing it out, sitting in my chair watching this, I was like, one L or two? And I was like, mm, I'm going to do one. <laughs> and now I'm mad because I could have got it right. But do you want to know what it means? Oh, yeah, sure. According to the Merriam-Webster online dictionary, a formal fallacy in which the conclusion does not follow from the premises, which is interesting coming from Sophie. Hmm. I mean, she also does say, like, anti-disestablishmentarianism. She does. And Kylocalus. I actually had never heard of that word before. I, to be fair, I'd never heard of pseudo-syllogism either. And food. And sunset. And bicycle. But yes, but okay. Well, and Sophie's insistence that, no, these words are completely, completely random. random. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of fucking talents, Parker can draw. Yep. And I love that she's just like, I thought everyone could just do that. Yep. <laughs> Insane. This is a very consistent character trait called... Parkin can do shit no one else can do and then just sort of assumes that everyone else can do that shit. Mm, yeah. It's, it's like when she, she talks about, like, falling from buildings and shit and she's like, 10-foot drop, just walk that shit off. Yeah, literally. It's like, babe, no. <laughs> literally no one walks off a 10-foot drop. That's just you. <laughs> I love her. Oh, also, I, I realised I forgot to mention this, but this is a um, another Sophie line. When she's talking to Nate... And she says specifically, like, the clinic is not the only victim. 
Mm. And it made me so sad because, like, because it's that Widmark, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, baby. And it, like, it comes immediately off. Like, you find out that um, the Mark was using Widmark's phone. Yeah. But then, like, had that whole crack at Widmark about, like, how dare you lose it? Like, don't you have any respect? Don't you have any, like, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God. I bought you that Gaslighting this phone, fucking like, tiny it. child. It's like, yeah, but he my did leave it in his room. He knew exactly what it was, and then you fuck where it was, and then you stole it. Yeah, and they were, like, absolutely gaslighting him about it. And I was like, oh, my poor baby. And then Sophie was like, yeah, the clinic is not the only victim in this. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. And then we get the fun, cute little ending of, like, yeah, she's like he's helping them with the clinic, and the mom's got the job, and like I loved it. His mom clearly actually genuinely cares about him, yeah. and is actually so proud of him at the science, yeah. like sciencical, and like also like you know just oh. Though while we are talking about the sciencical, I want to talk about how sus it is that Nate literally walks down the aisle, stops dead next to him, picks up the bag, and then, and then walks, walks away. the other way. I it's know. Like, you couldn't have just, like, walked past him and then walked back on your way through and, like, picked I, it up. I, like, yeah, on your way back through. I One thing I did love about the science school, though, is Widmark singing about bread mold. Yeah. While Elliot is fighting for his life off stage, and yeah. Sophie is just kind of flicking her head between the two. Literally like, the so thing is, funny. The thing that she's actually engrossed in is not the massive fight that could mean danger no, for her. It's, it's the science. She is like watching Elliot to make sure that he's not going to interrupt Widmark for his yeah. big moment. And she I, doesn't give a shit about whether Elliot lives or not. Like, she's like, well, she does a little well, she bit. Does. <laughs> But she's like, no, he's got that handled. I don't give a shit about that. I just want to yeah. make sure it stays off the stage. Yeah, literally. And, oh, it's so good. This is my favourite genre of Elliot fight scenes mm. in which two characters are just chilling, having a conversation while Elliot's off in the background fighting for his goddamn life. I also love it. It is. There, there are a couple of different fight scenes that fall into this category, and I love it. Look, I really love this episode. It has a lot of... I really love this episode. Fantastic character moments. It's a really fun premise. I love the... The whole the whole scenario. Actually, one point that we didn't touch on, but I want to, is when they are talking about like how they're going to get this guy out of his apartment, and immediately they're like, Elliot's like, we can burn the apartment down. And Parker's like, oh, yes. And like raises her hand yeah. to be like, my vote is that we burn down the apartment. And I just think Elliot Parker chaos duo, fucking iconic. Yeah. I love it. I But also their moment immediately after that. So like Elliot floats the idea. Like we can burn the apartment down. Parker's like, fuck yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. And then he goes, death of a relative. Like, and he sort of struggles as he's like, I could kill somebody. Yeah, like, literally. Like, <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. In a lot of ways, Elliot and Parker are the most methodical and thought out and like they think things through and they're like the calmest, the most level-headed of the group. And then in other ways, it's like, you know, like someone upsets Parker once and Elliot's like, I could kill them for you. Yeah, like literally. And like, you know, like there is literally, there gets to a point where some a character asks Parker if she's always got a taser on her and her response is literally just, how do you think I stop stabbing people? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which is uh, a lot. Like, we, uh, as much as it's sort of, like, they're probably the most, like, professional yeah. of the entire team because, like, you know, Hardison's a hacker, quite young, never really worked with anyone before. You know, Sophie's 
Sophie's actually probably the most professional person. Yeah, ever. I was going to say, But actually. also, when her emotional shit comes to pass, it's like fucking the wedding job all over again. Yeah, she loses her... Pro- Sophie, I think, is probably the most professional, but she's also the quickest to lose her professionalism. Yeah. Like, when it comes down to it. Uh, I think just because... Because of the nature of what her skill is, you know? Like, it's, yeah. If it's her all emotion-based. If yeah. her emotions are compromised, then her entire skill is compromised. Whereas, like, Parker can still steal stuff while being upset. You know, yeah. she might be more likely to mess up, but she can still perform the task. Though, honestly, with what we know of Parker at this point, stealing stuff actively makes her less upset. True. Like, she gets so much joy out of stealing stuff. <laughs> True. Um, and then, of course, you got Nate, who's just, like, unprofessionalism Everywhere. everywhere. And, like, also he's never actually really run a crew before. Like, he's got other experiences that mean that he is able to sort of put puzzles together and work out plans and stuff. Yeah. But he's also never never actually really operated in a criminal capacity. Yeah. And then you've got, like, Parker, who's been stealing shit since she was, like, 12, I think is the age they give in the pilot. Yeah. And then you've got Elliot, who's been, like, a hitter for many, many, many years at this point. Like, you... They haven't given us a timeline or anything yet, but yeah. we, we know that he's been working and, like, he... Well, didn't we say in the two-horse job, like, you were saying that he basically got out of high school and joined the military? Yes. So, since he was 18, at least, he's been doing some kind of, like, physical training. And, and like, would following assume... orders and... Yeah. And you'd assume yeah. if he went into the military from high school, he probably had some kind of, like, training prior mm. to that as well. Like, whether he was, like, a cadet kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so you'd assume from, like, at least maybe 15, 16? As much as they're definitely, like, they have the most, they probably have the most professional experience mm. out of everyone in the group. I find, like... Barring Sophie. I think it's probably quite hard for me to actually comment on this mm. r- in any real capacity, purely because I just don't have a lot of backstory about yeah. a lot of these characters yet. Like, I'm just completely speculating and, like, yeah. taking your word absolutely as it is because I'm like, you're the expert here. Yeah. But, Yeah. Like, I think that I think that they all have a different level of professionalism and all of them have different things that will make them lose that professionalism. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to be like, 100% this person is more professional or whatever yeah. than this other person because it's so situational. I, I find it very hilarious that two people who are professionals and have been doing this for years are just like immediately down to burn down the apartment building. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, yeah. I think, like, peak chaos duo. I think the thing about, like, Elliot and Parker is, like, they're so down to, particularly Parker, like, she does this stuff partially for fun. Yeah. And I feel like she just thinks it would be really fun to burn down an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously not, like, to harm anyone, no. but, like, just she'd pull the, the fire alarm first. She'd be like that, you know, that meme where there's, like, the little girl who's, like, standing in front of the house that's burning yeah. down with, like, this little grin on her face? I feel like that's Parker. Like,. I also want to shout out to my boy Hardison for doing the most this episode, <laughs> even running a background check on a 10-year-old. I love that for him. He's like, He's yes, committed. wow, Windmark, again, 10 years old. Allergic no, to strawberries. <laughs> no arrests, no warrants. It's yeah. like, while we're on sort of vaguely the topic of Hardison doing the most. Yeah. I mean, he just loves musicals, specifically <laughs> Cats, apparently. <laughs> oh, iconic. He just... My boy doesn't always think through who's standing directly in front of him. And he just, he really needed to cover and he's like, okay, yeah, cats. Which uh, is hilarious post the Cats movie. Yeah, literally. It's so funny because I've never actually seen the musical Cats, but yeah. I've seen 
stills from the movie and <laughs> I went and saw the movie. Oh god, I, I saw forgot. cats in Did theaters. you watch it with your mum? No. She- no, no. I went and saw cats in theaters. I love that for you. I haven't ever seen it. I've just seen bits and pieces on the internet. In theaters. And how was that experience, Jamie? Look, I cats okay. <laughs> She's changing positions to get real serious about this. It is important to note that Cats is not a good movie. Okay. I don't think it's as bad as everyone said it was. Okay. But I will say that it was definitely like that uncanny valley of like they hadn't fully committed to making these people cats. Okay. But they also hadn't just gone, nah, fuck it, we're not going for any sort of cat realism, we're just making them people. Okay. You know, like, it was, like, this weird middle ground where some of them were more cat-like than others. I also heard that there was, like, scenes where, like, they were tiny and then scenes where they were, like, people-sized. So that's one of the things that I put under inconsistencies with whether they're cats or people. In some scenes, based on the scenery around them, they look like people-sized cats. Right. Which makes sense. And then in other scenes, they look like cat-sized cats. Right. So it's like, are they giant or are they normal size? <laughs> like, how big are these cats physically? And, like, from scene to scene, it would change. Like, th- there is no consistency. Like, they could have done one or the other. And they went for both. And they went for both and it just made it, like, weird. Though I will say, there is this moment, and I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. Maybe it's just because you're liking leverage more and you're not willing to criticise it as much. Oh, no, that's certainly not the case. I am liking it more, but I'm still perfectly willing to criticise it. But Sophie, when she's on stage, and Nate's like, and she goes, I'm a little busy here. Oh, like, she straight she up says it into the, the microphone. Yes, <laughs> no, like, I did notice that. And I was like, babes, what are you doing? Sophie, sweetie, you're smarter than this. Yeah, literally. I, I think it was probably just a matter of, like, she was just holding the mic as a prop and just like didn't think about her movements as like yeah. you know but it seems weird that they wouldn't like be like hey let's take that again and have you not speak into the microphone <laughs> like this is why there are multiple takes so that you don't have stuff like this but look anyway yeah okay well i think we have exhausted everything to talk about this one i mean there's always going to be more to talk about with leverage because we don't have time to unpack all that what would you rate the fairy godparents job out of ten. I gave no, it ten five. I was gonna say it. Jesus I, fucking Christ! You said, I'm, I'm I, forgetting. I gave it a four point five, and when you said ten, it really threw me because I was like, wait, <laughs> I can't give it a four point five out of ten. <laughs> oh, another four point five episode. Another four point five. I really oh. loved this one. Like I said, I'm, I said last week, like you know, and I said at the start of this episode actually. I'm if, loving this jump for us. Like I we know. went from giving like two, two and a half, three stars to like four and a half. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't know if there's like a switch that went off in my brain or what, but like these last two episodes, this one and the last one, the I just The leverage brainworms finally hit. Well, I'm not even brainworms, like I'm not obsessive about it. I'm just like genuinely enjoying it. Because there's yeah. a difference between being obsessed with yeah. and enjoying it. Believe me, I'm obsessed with supernatural. Mm. <laughs> but you know, like yeah, I don't know if it's just the fact that Nate is not the most yeah. irritating person on the face of the planet, yeah. because that has coloured a lot of the episodes for me in the past. It's just yeah. like, I fucking hate him so much. But the fact that he's been, like, tolerable for two episodes in a row, I think says a lot. Because, like, let's bear in mind, if Nate had been infuriating in these two episodes, immediately they would have been, like, maximum 3.5. Yeah. You know? Because so, automatically dock a certain amount of points for... Yeah, so I feel like immediately 
just having Nate not be infuriating mm. is really helping the overall vibe of the episodes because nothing is pissing me off. Yeah. Because that's the thing. I usually get pissed off and then I'm like more likely to nitpick. Yeah. But because I'm like just generally having a good time, I'm like, well, I'm not going to worry about the fact that she's spoken to the microphone. Yeah. Like it doesn't stand out as much. Like you're finally vibing. Yeah. Like I'm out here having a good time, you know? Well, it's it's and that's the whole purpose of Leverage. It's not like yeah. a serious floor boy show like Supernatural. No. It's just out here for the vibes. Yeah. And I am, I like the vibes. And I yeah. I really, yeah, no. You're starting last... to see why I like the vibes? Yeah. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. That's, that's I feel like I I've seen glimpses of it up to this point and like a yeah. couple of standout episodes. And then these last two have just been like, oh. Perfect. Chef's Vibes kiss. Galore. Mwah, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that for you. The next episode is called The Three Days of the Hunter Job. What do you think that's about? It's a lot of words, more words than you the normally The Three get. Days of the what? Hunter Job. Hunter or Hunted? Hunter. Right. This is the leveraged supernatural crossover that everyone keeps writing fan yeah. fiction about, calling it now. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. No, I think that... Well, three day. So yeah. I assume that they're on a time schedule. I assume that that time mm-hmm. is three days. Hunter, hunter is an interesting word because it could refer to the like the type of person, like someone mm-hmm. who is a hunter, like yeah. uh, maybe like poaching. Mm-hmm. Maybe is the kind of thing that they would maybe touch on. Yeah. But it could also refer to like the name hunter. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. it because hunter is just generally like an. It is a first name or a surname, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, so I feel like it's either going to be maybe about yeah poaching as like a yeah a crime or like maybe uh, exotic animal trade, like something yeah. something illegal but also just like immoral. Yeah. And the other alternative is like maybe it's like a person whose name is either Hunter something or something Hunter, and it's just that they've used the like. Because the it's name could have two name. meanings, yeah. they've just used it in the title. Yeah. I think that's probably my two... That's the two things that my brain immediately went to. Okay, I love that for you. Thank you. I can't wait to see what you think of the next episode, because I adore it. Thank you so much for joining us today. That brings us to the end of the podcast. If you want to chat with us, yell with us, scream in the comments a little. Bemoan Nate's hats. Yep. You can find us, you know, Twitter, Tumblr. All the links are in the the, description below. All the links are underneath. You can click on them, I guess. I'll give you permission. (laughs) This is the worst outro we've ever done. I'm saying something. I don't know if it's just because we're both so tired or what. That was atrocious. Both of us absolutely just had no energy. Okay, oh. fine. If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter or Tumblr or any other social media platforms. All of our links will be in the link tree below in the description. So feel free to come and yell at us about, like, literally anything. Suggested conversations include... Nate's best slash worst hats. This is an ongoing topic. <laughs> Do you like the wig? Do you hate the wig? Does it add something to the character? How do we feel about the bow tie? Would you have burnt down the apartment? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> oh, and I said that I love fake dating AUs. Yeah. Like, fake marriage AU. What, yeah. like, AUs we feel like would be good for these characters? I feel like that could be fun. Yeah. Because I really want to get get into some fic. Like, I'm really feeling it, but I can't because spoilers. So, yeah. like, once I get through the first, like, the initial five mm-hmm. seasons, I feel like I can, you know, engage in some fic. Hopefully, yeah. the, the, you know, the reboot won't be too spoiled, but... 
I love that for you. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of fig in this community. Well, I may have to change that. Bye. Bye. Oh, my fucking...